If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's good? And welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for May 23rd, 2022. I'm your host, Jan Garcia, and joining me is Krista Yang of the Kit and Krista podcast. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here today. Yeah, thanks for being here today. So, Krista, in case people have been living under a rock, who are you? What do you do? What are you about? Yeah, so I'm Krista. Uh, as you said, I am um, the co-host for the Kit and Krista podcast, the Krista part of it, in case that wasn't super obvious. Um, Kit and I were both uh, formerly um, at Nintendo. I worked there for over 14 years, Kit for over 13 years. So we've collectively been in the gaming industry for quite the quite the lengthy period. Um, earlier this year, we actually ended up leaving Nintendo and starting our own uh, podcast and show. So we've been doing that since um, February of um, of this year, and it's been it's been awesome. It's been so much fun. Um, we've been able to you know talk very freely now about everything um, that we love and that we don't love, and um, we've we've been looking uh, looking forward to sharing our insider stories with with everybody um, each and every week. So it's been great. Yeah, I've really enjoyed listening to the show. Um, it's like my go-to podcast now, but I'm like a oh little bit gosh. behind. So like no spoilers <laughs> for like the modern era, but I like I'm listening to, you know, the episodes and I, I listened to them a bit too when I was marathon training, which really came in handy because that's like all I would do is listen to podcasts. So I actually heard um, y'all's first episode like while I was running like in Santa Monica and it was like oh the gosh. why we left Nintendo and like all that. And I was like, you know, running through it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to like hear, you know, all this information and insight. Yeah. Um, I kind of already get a sense of what makes your show special, but like, what is your elevator pitch? Like, what do you feel like is unique to um, the podcast and by extension, the show? Cause you also have, you know, a YouTube channel on top of the podcast as well. That's right. Yeah. And you know, I think the thing that makes um, our show sort, sort of unique is that we do have sort of this insider's perspective on the industry um, just because we've been inside Nintendo for so long. So we do have sort of this like insider knowledge and and even now when we're talking about stuff um, like the news or we, we talk about, you know, not non-Nintendo things on the podcast and, and on the show, um, it's really fun to sort of put that perspective into some of those other areas as well. So um, that's that's one thing that, you know, is is really unique to us. And a lot of other people might also remember, you know, me and Kit from our time at um, Nintendo hosting Nintendo Minutes. So that's really what the Kit and Krista show, um, which is uh, live on our YouTube channel um, every week, is sort of an extension of is that we basically um, have, you know, sort of the freedom now to play any games that we want to feature any content that we want. And that's been really fun as well. Yeah, well, we're so excited to have your insight here today because we got a lot of great stories to get through for y'all, uh, including EA maybe looking to sell. Spider-Man could have been an Xbox exclusive, TikTok's gaming pro prospects and more because this is 
Kind of Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday at 10 a.m., live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support kind of funny and to be part of the bron- the show head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free along with the exclusive daily post show some housekeeping for y'all. A new episode of Kind of Funny X Cast is up with Snowbike Mike and one Khalif Adams talking about what modern sports games are missing compared to uh, the greats of NBA Street and SSX Tricky. You can catch that on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or on podcast services when you search for Kind of Funny X Cast. Screencast is popping off in a big way this week as well. Uh, later today, we will have our reactions to the new Mission Impossible trailer and our review of Chippendale Rescue Rangers tomorrow. We will have our Better Call Saul final season part one review featuring Jake Baldino. And this Friday, we will have our review of the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi featuring Sage Ryan. I got tired just reading through that. That's a whole lot of content uh, that y'all got to queue up and check out because I bet it's all going to be awesome. So make sure you catch up on all of that uh, coming up on YouTube.com slash kind of funny or on your favorite podcast services where you can search for kind of funny screencast. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Anonymous and Fargo Brady. Today, we're brought to you by me undies but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin what is and forever will be the rope report it's time for some news we have five stories today a baker's dozen uh, starting with EA reportedly looking to sell or merge. This comes from Ethan Gatch over at Kotaku. Uh, the video game market is consolidating like never before, the article reads, and Electronic Arts is scrambling like everyone else. The Battlefield and FIFA maker recently pursued a merger with NBC Universal and also held potential acquisition talks with Disney, Apple, and other companies, according to a new report by Puck. While a deal isn't currently in the works, it doesn't sound like EA plans to give up anytime soon. Quote, In recent years, as media companies have taken a greater interest in rapidly growing gaming industry, CEO Andrew Wilson and Electronic Arts have held talks with a number of different potential suitors, including Disney, Apple, and Amazon. Sources um, knowledgeable of those talks wrote uh, Puck's veteran media reporter Dylan Byers. Several sources familiar with these talks say EA has been persistent in pursuing a sale and has only grown more emboldened in the wake of the Microsoft Activision deal. Others say that EA is primarily interested in a merger arrangement that would allow Wilson to remain as chief executive of the combined company. But it was apparently a deal with NBC Universal that got the farthest along. According to buyers, Comcast CEO Brian Roberts was looking to spin off the entertainment conglomerate into a separate entity with EA. With one version of the deal leaving current EA CEO Andrew Wilson in charge of the new mega business, negotiations eventually fell apart over price, however. Uh, we don't comment on rumors and speculation, according to MA. EA spokesperson said, and you know, the et cetera of not commenting on rumors. Uh, the article continues. Over the past year, there's been a frenzy of video game studio acquisitions, one that sent into overdrive in January after Grand Theft Auto publisher Take Two announced it buying Zynga for $12.7 billion. Microsoft announced it was planning to buy Call of Duty maker Activision Blizzard for $69 billion. Sony followed weeks later with a deal to buy the studio behind Destiny 2 Bungie for $3.6 billion, a price some analysts consider massively inflated and a possible sign of a new mad rush to consolidate gaming among industry. Industry's biggest players. 
In an earnings call in February, Andrew Wilson implied the company was focused on making acquisitions rather than being acquired. As evidence, EA spent $5 billion over the last year buying up studios to increase its size. But now it appears the publisher has been aggressively pursuing other ways of scaling up. Byers reports that Wilson approached Disney as a result as recently as March in pursuit of what sources described as a more meaningful relationship than licensing deals. This news comes as EA has lost or abandoned some of its biggest existing licensing titles, while the publisher recently revealed three new Star Wars games currently in production, including Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order that's rumored to release in 2023. Its exclusivity deal with Disney for the Star Wars license isn't going to be renewed when it expires in 2023. That's allowed competitors like Quantic Dream and Ubisoft to announce their own big Star Wars projects. EA also revealed last week it's ending its similar 10-year exclusivity deal with FIFA, and beginning a 2023 that will reband its blockbuster soccer franchise as EA Sports FC. Um, so a lot to take in there, a lot to unpack. And that was the first thing I thought of, too, when like I read through this, where I'm like, Did, didn't they just say they like were not interested in, in being acquired? Of course, this is still, you know, um, still speculation, still rumors. But what do you think about the idea of EA being acquired and the general consolidation of the industry that we're sort of seeing? Yeah, I think this is really interesting, especially on the heels of the um, FIFA story last week, where it just seemed like there was sort of this shift coming in in how you know EA wants to do business with other licensees, with other brands. In terms of this acquisition stuff, it just seems like that is sort of the go-to that these studios are doing nowadays to... It's it's almost like, you know, habitual now. Like, it's like, who's next with these the, the next acquisition deal? Um, when I was thinking about this, too, when I was reading through the article a bit, um, it seemed like they were more interested, EA is more interested in maybe a merger than, an, than being acquired. So I wonder sort of which part of the scale they, they fall on um, if it's really they want to be acquired by somebody or they want to you know, look to merging um, or, or acquiring something for themselves, that's not a licensing deal because I can see that they might have had maybe a, a bad taste in their mouth after what happened with, with FIFA. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the idea of this sort of being the way of the world at this point where we're just waiting for whatever the next big story is for these acquisitions. Um, what do you think this does for the industry as a whole? Like, do you, you know, we've had like a lot of conversations on here and across our shows about like whether it's good or bad or it's sort of neutral because at the end of the day, as long as, you know, the games are getting funded, it doesn't like hit the consumer as much. What's sort of your stance on that overall as we're seeing that move more in the industry? Or do you think it's just like a, a, a spike that just seems to be happening and that it's not that different than how business has been done in the past? Yeah, it is pretty interesting to see, like you, like you were saying, it's like sort of the norm now versus the um, versus something that is a, a bit more unique. These kinds of mergers and acquisitions, you know, for me personally, I think the most important thing is for a lot of these studios to like maintain their, you know, unique voice and unique brand. And I would hate to have sort of a big parent company um, take that away from some of these studios. Um, that that's one thing that we saw, you know, kind of a lot at Nintendo and, and, you know, Nintendo's not like out there acquiring all these different studios or anything like that. But when they do bring somebody into the Nintendo umbrella, like, you know, with next level games, for example, it's very carefully curated in a way where it's like, Nintendo knows that a studio like next level will follow the Nintendo brand. And so they, you know, 
in some degree sort of lose a little bit of their own brand identity and uniqueness by joining um, this bigger company. So I think while it's nice that these, you know, we have the funding and the industry feel, feels like it's, it's healthy when, when these kinds of business deals happen, um, there is sort of this like little, little thing in the back of my head saying like, I hope that all of these studios don't become sort of bland because they're now under like these sort of bigger, more like corporate, um, you know, umbrella companies. Yeah, I think we're definitely kind of moving into that era, too, of like what we see in a lot of, I think, just consumer goods in general, where there's that whole saying of you go to the grocery store and it's like the illusion of having a lot of choice where you, right. you see all these different brands, but they're all underneath like yeah. one brand. And you're like, oh, I, I like this one over the other one. It's like, guess what? It's all Pepsi. It's, or it's all the all same. Yeah, exactly. So there, yeah, I definitely have that concern as well. Um, I think your mention of like the flavor and the identity is so crucial where I think it's kind of like the kind of gap we're seeing, right? Where at least like a lot of times in past years, past generations, acquisitions have been really exciting as someone who is like covering the industry and is a fan of like all these different companies. I'm like, oh, this is such a great pairing or this makes sense, right? Like the, I love the, like the next level comparison where I'm like, yep, this has been like, so long it's like so much that i almost thought yeah. that was already a studio that was already was underneath. Thing, right yeah, yeah it's totally. like oh is that not was that not official i thought you guys were together <laughs> so i i think those have always been really exciting and the sort of shift we're seeing because people always debate this too they're like well isn't you know don't you want this as like a playstation fan or as an xbox fan or whatever and i'm like to a degree you know i think there is a yeah. moment where it gets like i'm really worried about like the vanishing of the third party because i think the third party offers i guess kind of like a i don't know a cohesive like neutral space right there's like right. different identities different niches and like yeah i really hope to see that it doesn't go away but um we'll see what ends up happening with this uh i am an ea fan i guess i know a lot of people don't like ea for numerous reasons some of which are definitely valid but i definitely have i'm a longtime fifa player and i really like what they do with um ea originals even though there hasn't been a lot of I think noise coming out of that super recently, but um, I've always really enjoyed those projects. Um, but before we move on, like, what about you? What's your kind of EA background and to what degree are you a fan of uh, their projects? Yeah, I definitely am a fan as well. Like all the EA games that I've, I've played seem really high quality, seem like they're, you know, they're produced really well. Um, so I, you know, I want to see them succeed. They're obviously a big, um, you know, one of the big pillars of the gaming industry. So you want to see, you know, them do well. And so I hope that whatever they're planning is, um, is going to like, you know, help them, um, have a solid future. Um, and, you know, you were saying a little bit about like sort of losing this, this like third party neutral space. I think this is where maybe some of the indie studios and indie games that we're seeing can come in, like really fill in that gap a little bit as we're seeing some of these changes happening with, uh, mergers and acquisitions. And so hopefully that gives, um, those smaller studios, a little bit of breathing room to sort of fill in that gap if, if needed. Yeah, for sure. I like some uh, people in the chat outrun mentioning everyone is an EA fan to some degree. I think that's a little true, right? Because they, they yeah. work on so many different projects that even if you you have some beefs with like some of the bigger picture stuff, like you probably have hit up some of those games and had a good time. Uh, people in chat mentioning games like Lost and Random, uh, mentioning Unravel, of course, like you can't really see, but I have like a little Yarny here in this little, this weird, like, Xbox third-party indie corner I have, <laughs> um, which I feel like is a little telling in itself what I got what I got behind me here. Um, but, yeah, you know, um, obviously, again, always want to see what's best for 
the company in terms of like financial prosperity, but also like creative vision. Um, but we'll just see. I think this is also too like a, a the idea of it being a more of a merger or these being like really big companies that sort of have like big entertainment roles outside of games speaks to games becoming a lot more popular and a lot more mainstream. Like companies are paying right. attention to the fact that hey, there's some there's some money to be made here. Like people are playing games. There is that interest there. So I think that also speaks to kind of like that mainstream um, movement as games continue to age because it's such a young medium, which is really weird compared to like everything else that you know exists in entertainment yeah totally um but continuing on let's talk about story number two xbox turned marvel down leading to spider-man on ps4 um executive reveals this comes from chris scullion over at vgc who writes in an excerpt from stephen l kent's 2021 book the ultimate history of video games volume two as spotted on reset era executive vice president and head of marvel games jay ong explains how the company cut its earlier deal with activism short in search of a better partnership according to ong marvel games wasn't happy with the quality of the Spider-Man games being published by Activision and the two companies mutually agreed to terminate their licensing deal early. Ong said that when the deal was made to walk away, Activision asked, what are you going to do with this IP after you get it back? To which Ong replied, I'm going to find a better home for it. According to Ong, Activision's reply was, good luck finding your unicorn. Ong said Marvel Games went to both Xbox and PlayStation to see if either of them would be interested in forming an exclusive partnership, asking them, we don't have any big console deals with anyone right now. What would you like to do? Microsoft's strategy, Ong recalls, was to, quote, focus on its own IP, and as such, it decided to pass on the offer. Sony, however, was more receptive. I sat down with these two execs from PlayStation third party, Adam Boys and John Drake, in August 2014 in a conference room in Burbank. A shot to the LA area. Uh, that was me, not the article. <laughs> I said, we have a dream that this is possible, that we could beat Arkham and have one uh one game at least, and maybe multiple games that could drive adoption to your platform. Sony reportedly responded by offering to make a AAA PlayStation exclusive Spider-Man game um, and handed the project to Insomniac, which was independent at the time, but was considered one of Sony's most important partners. The resulting game, Marvel Spider-Man, was widely critically acclaimed and reportedly went on to sell more than 20 million copies, with its spinoff Miles Morales selling a further 6.5 million. In the US, Spider-Man is now one of Sony's most popular, successful video game releases ever in terms of dollar sales. Insomniac recently announced Spider-Man 2 with a teaser trailer during the PlayStation Showcase presentation in September 2021. It's also expanding its relationship with Marvel via an in-development Wolverine game. Spider-Man sequel is due um, to release on PlayStation in 2023, which I still always forget that that was actually a date that got put out there. Yeah, like, I remember me too. <laughs> doing PS I Love You and like Greg being like, yeah, they said 2023 for that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so soon. That's next year, it's coming up, I, yeah. I know, I, yeah, I guess that, that'll be next year's conversation, right? I'm like, do we think this is coming out? Like, how's, how's this going? But, oh, I know, right, um, exactly. Delay or paint, what? <laughs> paint me a word picture, Krista. What would Microsoft Spider-Man have looked like? Oh, man. I don't think it would be as good. I think these Spider-Man games are so amazing because of Insomniac. So I wonder if um, a Microsoft Spider-Man game would have the same, as I like to call, vibe <laughs> as a, um Insomniac PlayStation Spider-Man game. So my, yeah. I'm actually kind of glad because this is my, one of my absolute most favorite franchises now. I've replay you know the miles morales spider-man game at holidays now just because it's mm. such a such a great game um it's so much fun just to like play these games you know kind of over and over again and it's become sort of like a routine for me so 
I, I wouldn't want to have it any other way, I guess. I, I like it. I like them the way they are. <laughs> you know, if we follow the whole idea of multiple, like, universes, there's a universe where this game exists. Like, it's true, that's right? <laughs> if I could hop between universes, I would just play alternate game releases. Like, that YouTube channel would blow up. <laughs> um, can you imagine? But, um, yeah, like, I, I love the mention of that holiday vibe, too. Are there other games that you find yourself reaching for, like, that are, like, season-based? Totally. Like Luigi's Mansion, always a Halloween oh, game. Oh, that's a good one. You know, yeah. right? And then, yeah, this one is, the, especially the Miles Morales one, because he, like, the beginning of the game is, like, he's home for, you know, Christmas dinner, and uh, it's just, like, it's perfect to play for that time of year. Here's a question for you. This is, like, kind of, like, straying away a little bit from the article, but it is on the Spider-Man topic. Miles Morales versus Spider-Man PS4. Do you have a preference? Do you think one's better than the other? Like, you know, you mentioned, like, replaying Miles. Mm. Did you have that same love for um it's weird to say original spider-man when there's been like a million before but you know <laughs> exactly. you know what i mean yeah you know what i think i like them both for different reasons i think um of course the quote original one kind of gave you the flavor of what an insomniac spider-man game could feel like and it there was really no um you know that feeling of of, of playing that game for the first time was really it was pretty special so you always have that you know kind of with the first um uh, the original Spider-Man game. And then uh, Miles Morales is just a great kind of next chapter, you know, and these games are, um, I love them because they're so like compact. It doesn't have to be like the super lengthy game that you play for like a hundred hours, but you still get this really solid, um, like w really well-rounded experience, even in this sort of more compact game. And, and yeah, I think it's just, it's done so well. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. I can't, yeah, you're right. 2023 is like right around the corner. So yeah, I can't wait to see what's next. Yeah, they're just really cranking these out over here. But, you know, you mentioned that, like, Microsoft not getting the Spider-Man IP was maybe the best thing for that IP. Do you think it was the best thing for Microsoft? Like, did the, do you think they're kind of kicking themselves, being like, we oh, should have yeah. got, we could have been, you know, Miles? Or do you just think that they were almost made the right call where it just didn't really quite work with their brand and it wouldn't have popped off? You know, I... I definitely think there's got to be some level of regret when you see like how critically acclaimed these games are, how, you know, and from a business perspective, you know, how much money they've made really. Um, so yeah, I, I would think that even though uh, Microsoft wasn't interested at the time and maybe that was the right decision for them and I'm sure they stand by that decision, there's got to be some level of regret like, oh darn, like we, we really let this, kind of let this big one go. Um, I mean, it didn't work out or whatever it didn't work out, but it, it probably doesn't feel great to see all the great sales and, and, uh, and you know, the critical acclaim that this game has, has had. Yeah, I like the mention from Nana in the chat saying Xbox wasn't ready for that IP yet. I think it's, an, I don't know, I'm not ready to agree with that take, but I think it is an interesting <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, in that I do think Xbox is generally on, you know, the upswing. Um, I don't know that they're going to get to having that killer internal IP being part of their like brand that's like the weakest part of their brand is that element and right now it's very much like this is a game pass machine and we're all here to play games and we're like xbox and you can play them on your phone you can play them on your pc and they right. have that really down um but yeah you know it's funny too thinking of like this alternate reality of like microsoft having um a spider-man license because the first thing i thought of was which of course and i'm gonna catch myself before i actually like, fully make the statement but i'm like well um you know i'm like sunset overdrive was great that's insomniac that's an insomniac game that's that an was on game. an yeah. xbox platform so i really do think that they were like such a 
perfect pick. Like it is obviously it's yeah. always gonna be hard to imagine stuff that, you know, isn't, but the idea of anyone else doing it, um, I don't know, like Insomniac kills motion so well, like they capture a feeling in game so well that I, I, I can't imagine anyone doing it better. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that that is so true that they just really capture that feeling of, um, I don't know, it's both like cinematic and also the, the movement um, so well, you know, and it's so hard to do that with, um, with it being sort of a game that you're almost watching like a movie sometimes and also, you know, a game that you're, you're actively like engaging in as well. Yeah, I, I think, do you think they accomplished their goal of kind of going toe-to-toe with Arkham? in terms of like critical claim in history like do you think that yeah. they kind of accomplished that i think so i mean i think you know both both games have great merits and and definitely you know unique in their own way but in terms of like like how many people know about this this game how many people love this game bought this game um i think they've done it uh, barrett i know you're on the ones and twos there feel free to chat you you're the arkham guy so I mean, do you think they they, they nailed it here yeah I, I i i think they did for sure especially in a in an era where you know the arkham uh franchise was essentially done with because and left a void right i think spider-man like it came in at the kind of perfect time on the other end of the the comic book spectrum to really release something that was truly special someone in the chat um i forget who uh kind of pointed out of like uh, Gotham Knights is releasing later this year, and this will be the first Batman game post Spider Man. Like they're like not even yeah. thinking of just the Arkham games yeah. th- themselves. Like they have a kind of high bar to go against when it comes to modern superhero games, which is something like I never even thought of. So shout out to uh, whoever said that. I I'm, I lost you, so I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I can't properly shout you out. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting aspect uh, to that of uh, DC kind of responding to what's been going on since. You know, their last uh, comic book game, Arkham Knight, coming out seven years ago at this point. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I love either the Spider-Man games as much as I do uh, the Batman games, but for sure, they're, they're on that same pedigree. Yeah, um, I think absolutely. It really has set the standard, I think, for what, um, like, those kind of IP games can be, what superhero games can be. And I'll be interested to see, like, when you bring up the person in the chat mentioning, like, these additional games that are coming out, like, what is going to be the tone the feel like and i think it's going to be a natural comparison point too which you know it kind of reminds me of like in a post um like dark knight world everyone wanted to like get that dark knight gritty feeling and it like didn't really work for certain ips so i'll be interested to see like how they can form you know the sort of their own identity or i think of like you know other uh hero games like even just like the guardians games and stuff like that um it's interesting like people trying to carve out a quality game in a space that has like a beloved ip it's a it's a hard thing to mash up and um it's even more impressive for that reason that spider-man is such the franchise that it is yeah people have such high expectations when it's like some some ip that they've like grown up with so i'm actually really interested in this wolverine game too because that is like something completely different and sort of falls in that same pattern like you were talking about like you know are they going to be able to sort of mash that up in a way that is acceptable to long-term fans of um of wolverine and and, um x-men like are they going to be able to do that so we'll see yeah like it's all we have really is like the grittiness of it which i think in itself is a little bit of a deviation but i'm just wondering like what is that 
moment to moment like movement gonna feel like you know yeah. it's gonna be like motorcycling around like i'm i'm really just not sure what to expect yet um but i'm excited and i i, I hope it does feel really distinct from i think what spider-man offers because i think so yeah. few games can get away with it it feels so cool to walk go around that no one uses your fast travel system like that is the biggest movement compliment that you can like land um yeah i don't know i'm, I'm really excited to see what it is uh, a lot coming from that team um yeah um, it'll it'll be a good 2023 hopefully sure. um but speaking of things to come let's talk about tiktok already testing games as part of its service. This comes from Amelia Zollner over at IGN, who writes, as part of an ongoing trend of streaming platforms like Netflix adding games to their service, TikTok is now playing a push into the gaming world. According to a report by Reuters, TikTok is currently testing the addition of mini games to its app, starting with a pilot period in Vietnam. Anonymous sources told Reuters that the platform has plans to expand its test to other areas in Southeast Asia in the third quarter. Additionally, they claimed that TikTok's plans for gaming will eventually expand beyond minigames, signaling a new era for the video sharing app. It's unknown when or if these games being tested in Vietnam might reach a larger audience or launch to a larger audience. However, TikTok already has a few HTML5 games already available for users in the United States, including Zynga's Endless Runner Disco Loco 3D. This is in ByteDance's, TikTok's parent company's, first foray into the gaming world. The company already owns uh, Pixmane and Newverse, two video game publishers, uh, Doyen, a version of TikTok available in China, also offered games to its users since 2019. According to routers, TikTok will likely utilize ByteDance's library of games for its in-app games. And TikTok isn't stopping there. The app recently saw the addition of, you know, visible dislike buttons and is also testing out other features like subscriptions or influencer feeds. Um, Krista, what's your background on TikTok? I know um, y'all have a TikTok for the show, um, but are you a big user on like a personal level? And what do you think about like playing games on TikTok or gaming through TikTok? Yeah, I have really like sunken deeply <laughs> into TikTok over the last couple of years, especially during okay, wait, you know, like your for you page. I gotta know what okay. when you when you open it up. What do you what do you get in? What are you getting on there when you scroll through like five or six okay, videos? With my for my for you page, like I'm definitely mm-hmm. getting a lot of food videos. I okay. love to like watch recipe videos. I get a lot of pets. So I have two dogs, and so of course I'm always like. I'm always watching like some cute puppy or cat do some something weird on TikTok. Um, what else? I get I get weirdly I get like the corporate TikTok sometimes, like the funny like corporate TikTok, which is oh like the skits, like the yeah what it's like to work. Yeah, yep, I yeah, get some of those like too. Those, like the TikTok skits. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm I think I've curated my page. Like the algorithm must know me well because it really is feeding me <laughs> what I want to see. Um, so I'm do- I'm doing okay, but yeah, I've really like sunk into this platform deeply um, since like 2020. I think during the pandemic is when a lot of people sort of started to heavily use TikTok. And Mm -hmm. um, it definitely is such a different like social platform than any of the other ones that, you know, people typically um, use. Um, Yeah, we, the Kit and Krista show, we do have a TikTok. It's TikTok slash Kit and Krista. We post the weirder stuff there and it's so much fun. And it has nothing to do really with like what we're talking about on the podcast, what we're doing on the show every week is just like random stuff that we find funny, like sounds that we find humorous. And and it's just, it's really fun to like do something kind of like irreverent and like not related to (laughs) pitching stuff that, you know, that the show and and the podcast are doing. but yeah, this this thing about the gaming though on TikTok feels 
odd to me. I, I think that the platform is maybe going into a direction where they're getting a little bit splintered. You know, they're doing so mm-hmm. well with filling this very specific niche for people um, and and getting, you know, a lot of creators to jump onto this platform because of the way their algorithm works, because of the way the trends work on TikTok. It feels like when they start to talk about things like adding games and and then recently they're adding, they added like TikTok stories, which I found to be a head scratcher, is like, yeah. don't stop it. Don't like mess with the good The friendification of TikTok. Yeah, like exactly. it's funny because, and it's not even that I'm embarrassed by my TikTok because I promote it plenty of times, like at Game Honestness, <laughs> like I'm everywhere. But like, they always ask like, do you want to merge your content? I'm like, no, I just, no, I, I don't, don't know. I don't want like some job I worked 8 million years ago seeing like my feed and all that. And they have like the friends tab now. I mean, the updates always roll out kind of sort of randomly. So it's always hard to know like, oh, do you have this thing yet? But like having like a friends feed, I'm like, I am just here for like general creators in a way that I'm not, I think on every other platform, which I think is what's so unique to TikTok. And that's why I'm like, I don't need this to be like, where I see my friends, like I follow some of my friends, but I'm like, they're in there with everybody else on my following list. And, you right. know, I think that's, that's really where it um, shines the brightest. Um, do you, have you seen like much just general gaming content then on your feed? Cause you mentioned your for you page, mostly food and dogs and skits and things, but do you see like yeah. people talking about games or like, you know, even I playing do. like they have those weird filter games that you can play on there too? Yeah, I do get some of those filter games, and I know Reels does that. It's like a big thing on Reels now, too. So there is some like bleed over. Um, but you know, my favorite thing to your point is like the things that are u- really unique to TikTok is like discovering a random creator, discovering like a really cool video or or something like that. That that's what makes that kind of surprise is what makes that platform so interesting and and fun and and like keeps you on it because you don't know like with the next scroll if you're gonna get something that's gonna. Um, that's going to surprise you and, and make you laugh or whatever. Um, gaming content, I do see some on TikTok. You know, Minecraft seems to be a big thing on TikTok. Um, Animal Crossing, I still get a lot of that, even though, you know, Animal Crossing certainly isn't as um, as popular as it was uh, about a year ago. But I still get some, like, cozy game <laughs> Animal Crossing type of content on, on TikTok. Um but uh, yeah, it, it's it does it does feel odd though that you know they're not really you know TikTok as a company isn't concentrating on what their lifeblood is, which is like supporting their creators and getting more creators on to do what they do best, which is to make really cool, interesting content that you know you and I want to want to see. Um, and instead, they're doing weird stuff like you know adding games or <laughs> adding a you know fr- friendification and stuff onto onto the platform. So do you think there's a world where that whole idea of quickly sort of jumping between things and discoverability could work with games? Like, even if it's not maybe playing the video games, is there a world where it's like trailers or feeds? Like, do you think there is viability in them even dipping into gaming? And if so, what do you think that viability might look like? Yeah, I definitely think, you know, you can reach a pretty different audience on TikTok, um, than with some of the other social platforms. And so there, there could be like a world where um, you could, you know, find new people to become interested in games because of TikTok. So, but I think to make that work, you would have to have like really curated like content that is made for that platform. You, could, you can't just roll like a vertical video trailer and have it like yeah. take off on TikTok. That's not what the platform 
really is about. It's about, you know, these trends and, and these creators. So, you know, there could be a world where it's very creator driven and it's more so like, you know, shorter bites of what we see on YouTube, like reaction videos or, um, you know, quick unboxings or quick gameplay videos or challenges. I can see that working more so on TikTok and uh, with gaming content and, 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 you know, being something that people would want to see versus it like um, being, you know, straight up repurposing stuff from your other channels onto that platform. Right. Or like a place to play. I, I would definitely try it, but the idea of bouncing even quicker like it seems a little overwhelming to like bounce between games so fast but at the same time like if you would have pitched me years ago on you know and obviously there's been other platforms that have bite-sized content it's like tiktok is the first bite-sized content platform but i probably would have also thought that that was too too much or too short or even like some of their expansion into longer form videos like at first i'm like oh i don't want anything more than the 60 seconds but i'm like the one in three is kind of nice. Now, the 10, I yeah. think, is my line. I don't know. I don't think I like the 10. And then yeah, I 10 is a like, lot long. People yeah. like, if you do a 10-minute video and you tell me to go to part two, I'm uninstalling the app. Yeah, I'm not doing um, it. I'm never going to see part two. Sorry. <laughs> um, really quick before we move on, Nathan, the viewer uh, in the chat says, my TikTok is just Elden Ring, uh, which reminds me, are you, still, wow. are you still in on Elden Ring? Have you? Uh, again, I'm behind on the podcast, so I don't know if you've like oh, beaten it or are still playing it. I beat it. Aren't you proud of it? I am. First Souls game, right? My first Souls game. I could not believe it. I I talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but like when I first started playing Elden Ring, I was like, there's no way I have to only, I'm only going to play like one hour of this game and then I'm probably going to stop because I won't be able to do it. Here I am two and a half months later and like a hundred hours later, beat the game. I can believe it. It's awesome. Nice. Are you just... Are you out now? Did you finish it and then walk away? Or are you going to like keep living yeah. in there? Are you going to go for like the platinum? Why, what what platform are you playing on actually? PS5. Um, are you going for like the platinum? Are you like a trophy hunter? No, I can't do it. I'm I'm not a completionist You could at do all. it. Maybe you don't want to, which is fair. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely feel like I can go back to that world. Maybe there's like, there's like other quests, big quests, that, side quests I didn't do yet. So maybe like in a couple months, but I definitely needed a break from, from it after I... So I struggled through that last boss. So now I'm like onto other things and like I've quote moved on with my life. But I think about that game a lot. Like I miss it. And I I did consume a lot of like video content for that game. Mm -hmm. I did see Elden Ring content on my TikTok channels. um, And I definitely was like watching a lot of like Elden Ring videos and stuff like that. So I can see, you know, sort of those like quick things, quick bites about sort of things that you see or things everyone collectively experiences in Elden Ring, you know, on TikTok, I, I can relate to that for sure. Oh, I also appreciate uh, Royal in the chat saying, Elden Lord Krista, your new title. Yeah. Congratulations. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> um, and before we continue on, I want to remind y'all that you can go to patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. I love Me Undies from head to toe, all over my body. If you don't believe me, of course, right now I'm wearing the Me Undies shirt. You can tell by the little tag going on right there, right? I got the Me Undies lounge shorts going on. Of course, I got the Undies, and then boom, Me Undies socks, baby. That's how we do out here at Kind of Funny. I love being soft head to toe in the micro modal fabric. You already know all about that, but if you don't. Let's face it, summer's sweaty, but your butt doesn't have to be. With MeUndies light and breathable micromodal fabric, you can stay comfy and cool all summer long. They have super fun seasonal prints and 
tons of styles to choose from but if you just like classic black that's totally cool too they got a bunch of just bold colors for you to go for they have super fun seasonal prints tons of styles and sizes extra small to 4xl so you can bring the beach to your butt without ever leaving your living room meundies has a great offer for all of you first-time purchasers you can get 15 percent off if you sign up for their free to join membership you can apply that 15 percent off to their already discounted membership prices to get 15 percent off your first order and a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee go to meundies.com slash kind of funny that's meundies.com slash kind of funny tell them tim getty sent you now let's talk about more classic ps plus premium titles that have been cited on the playstation store with added features this comes from hearing crier over at games radar who writes more classic playstation games have appeared on the playstation network ahead of the playstation plus relaunch as chronicled over the last few days by reset era or reset era, i never really know it's been so many years and i still don't think reset i read era. it right reset era users two brand new playstation games have popped up on the psn store odd world abe's odyssey and Ridge Racer 2 are now both officially on the PSN store with both having received a special PS1 emulation tag. However, the store listings for both games let slip some brand new features. It appears each backwards compatible game will have a CRT filter available on top of a rewind function, brand new PlayStation trophies, which was just recently confirmed you know, by Ben last week, and I think Tim and uh, Stella had touched on that I think last week as well, um, upscaling features for modern TVs, screenshots, and more. With this, we're be beginning to get the idea of how the classic PlayStation titles in the PS Plus collection for premium and extra tier subscribers will work. Earlier this month, PlayStation finally pulled back the current on which classic games will be included with the revamped PlayStation Plus service when it launches next month in June and offerings were admittedly slim. There were just 10 classic PlayStation games listed including Ape Escape, Hot Shots Golf, Tekken 2, Jumping Flash, and Worms World Party to name a few. Thanks to new listings today, though, we have a better idea of the features that will be available to complement these older games, as the likes of the Rewind feature and CRT could bolster these classic PlayStation titles. So, Krista, I gotta know, when you're hitting up these retro games on modern consoles, are you using, or even just new games, because some games also have this as an option, like Loop Hero had the CRT filter. Are you mm -hmm. a CRT filter person? Let's start there. Let's get it all out in the open. I'm not really, you know, okay. but you know what, right? you know what, same. Are you not either? Okay, good. I'm, I'm no, it's, it, it makes it harder to see. I do get like the, you know, the nostalgia, but I'm the like, nostalgia play, it's nostalgia yeah. for a time when I didn't have a better TV, which yeah. I think I'm okay. You know, Yeah, you're like, eyes have changed. Now you need the 4k. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm all about using the modern technology, but the feature I do really like is the rewind feature. Mm -hmm. And I have actually used that quite a lot. Sometimes I play these older games and I'm like, how did I play this as a kid without any of these like safety net features? Because it's kind of impossible now. Maybe we're just spoiled. I don't know. Maybe our skills have deteriorated with age. I have no but idea. You beat Elden but... Ring, so we know that's not true. It's... <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what no, it is, though, but you're absolutely right because I um, even just like, and this isn't a game that's on Nintendo's service, so it was play through means I don't know of because I only follow the law here. I only play yes. properly released games, but other people I know, other deviants I know, you know, may dip into other means. And I like, was, <laughs> I know my, my boyfriend was playing um, Metroid Fusion, which is like one of my favorite games ever um, through means I'm unaware of. 
right? Like right, that. right, sure. And he had some of those like extra features of either, I don't think he had a rewind, but he had probably like extra saves or something. Mm-hmm. And even with all that, like he kind of was really challenged by that game. And he's, you know, generally like pretty skilled. And I'm like, yeah, what if I told you I was like a child, like a small, a smaller child, right? I'm a, I'm a small adult, a small child beating that game <laughs> straight up, like couldn't even see the screen because of the sun. And I don't know how I did it because I don't, and I love that game, but I'm afraid to go back because like some of them are just so brutal that I think you're right. Like the rewind feature, it helps since they're not remaking the game and adjusting like maybe some of the saves or some of the difficulty that rewind helps you get through some stuff that maybe you don't want to have to get through on your own. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it it is kind of weird that we were able to do it. But then I also think about the kids nowadays that are playing some of these games for the first time with all of these great, you know, features to help them through it. It's like, is that a good or bad thing? Are they not like sort of going through the gauntlet like the we true did as kids? experience? It's true, exactly. Like, are are you honing your skills so later you can play Elden Ring in like thirty thirty one and beat it? Um, because you played like you know Mario <laughs> the I regular way. Skill transfer, I don't know. and that's Doesn't... the worst part about like hard, like being good at some games. Like, I can play really difficult platformers, but then I'm like, oh man, I have to parry in this game. Like, oh man, I can't play a platformer to save my life. Really? So, yeah. So this is where, yeah, maybe it's just up, you know, personal talent, personal, you know, I don't know, personal um, way of playing. But, um, but yes, these classic games, I'm glad to, I'm glad to revisit them. I'm very glad to have all of these new features to make revisiting them easier and more fun and less frustrating. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's great to have them. So keep it coming. Yeah. I think it just adds additional like incentives to check them out again. Um, and right. it's just, I don't know. It's kind of nice. Obviously, like I never want to disparage the amount of work that goes into doing really anything with a game, whether it's, whether it's porting it, remaking it, remastering it, adding in these things, adding in the trophies, like there is labor behind all of these things, but at the same time, like it just, it feels nice that people did that additional work because it shows I don't know, I guess extra care going into um, these like classic games and it, you know, makes it also easier to go back and enjoy them where, yeah, maybe you do need the rewind feature to get through some of these or you would just like enjoy it a little bit more. Honestly, in general, games with rewind features, I'm kind of about it. Like I love like Forza Horizon and like if I'm not going to lie, I rewind through like when you like watch me slowly back up through like eight signs I knocked over and like I'm all off the line. I'm like, go farther, further back just to kind of reset it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just makes it a little bit a little bit easier. Um, I do want to ask, what is your ideal way to play retro games slash like what are some of the ways you dabble, you know, ideally legally, but feel free to get arrested after the show if you'd like to. <laughs> Here comes the ninjas through the window again. Just kidding. Um, yeah, it's you night know, trap all over again. Like it's just <laughs> happening in my childhood. <laughs> um, I, I definitely, you know, really rely on things like this, like the PlayStation uh, Plus services or like the um, Nintendo Switch Online. Like I really do rely. I have no idea how people are able to get these, uh, have these other ways to play these games. I'm just not like skilled enough in that area to even like fathom how I would do that. So. I rely on, you know, these platforms to like almost spoon feed these retro games to me, which um, I think it's really important that, you know, these games still exist in some way. Like nowadays, it's just so impossible to find some of the games that we played as kids and enjoyed as kids. So if you wanted to like, 
you know, relive those memories or, or you know, ha have a, a way to play them again. Um, I'm really glad that there are these services that make it possible um, for us to do that. So, yeah, that's that's really my preferred way to consume these games. Um, it was so funny. I was on a plane uh, yesterday coming back from a trip and I was like, I had my switch and I was like, I kind of don't feel like playing anything else except for Super Mario World, you know, and mm -hmm. like to be able to play that game game that's like my favorite game of all time on a plane like with my switch as a adult it was like this is cool yeah. this is awesome you know so i'm glad i'm glad these things exist and for like dummies like me that can't figure out other ways to to get it it's like this is the way it's gonna be for me it so. is a pain going through like more yeah. I, I'm i'm big of like the on um, the weird like mashup of things like i like to use modern tech to enjoy very old tech so like i have yeah. like the um, the GCHD, um, like the little like adapter for the GameCube mm. to like get it to have like an eight where I can plug like an HDMI cable to it. I have oh, the cool. same one for yeah. the N64. Um, so it's like this is the most everything outside of like um, not that I'm against going in and like modding or adjusting the console. It's just that tends to be more expensive or extra work. Like, I know a lot of people like doing yeah. that themselves. Like, oh, yeah, like I'm going to crack that thing open and like start tinkering around. I'm not going to do all that. Like I am barely gonna start approaching like lego you know what i mean like i exactly. can't do this at scale and then i'm like it doesn't like no i can't i can't do it so i like doing stuff like that um getting like modded um older consoles or things like i really want to mm -hmm. get like a new like modded gba that's backlit you know the analog pocket drops a lot of people like that um oh, so i enjoyed cool. yeah i enjoyed doing that um because i like using like the old hardware like the old cartridges and stuff um, but yeah, at the same time, like I definitely, if I can play it modern, I probably just will do that. Like I have, um, you know, old carts like the N64, but if it's on the switch service, like I'm going to play it that way. Like, I don't feel the need to replay Yoshi's Island on like the SNES junior I had as a kid when I can just right. play it, you know, on my switch. So I think having those options is really good. And it also really helps too with how much stuff can become more expensive sometimes like the idea of you know i have a freaking mario 64 cart that was like i don't know had to at least been like 60 or 80 dollars because it came in the box and like i like having that as a collector but like it's nice to have a way to play that game that doesn't involve spending a bunch of money and investing in all this stuff that you're only going to use yeah. for this one specific thing um so yeah uh before we move on i do want to know though too um for the playstation new revamp stuff a uh, playstation plus plus as i've been calling it i don't know why they didn't go with <laughs> that's that a name. Good name i like um, that right it's like no confusion rolls off the, the tongue guys the plus plus too yeah um <laughs> what tier are you getting or are you upgrading um from like base playstation plus assuming that you have that i might upgrade i know that this is controversial because people are like why would you do that without like really knowing what's coming i mean like I feel like it might be worth it just to see, you know, what yeah. that offer looks like. I don't, I don't love that, you know, they're sort of slow trickling out these, you know, these more retro games and not giving people a full picture of what that looks like. That feels a little NSO-ish to me, mm -hmm. where it's like, just tell us the roster. You obviously know it. Just, you know, tell us so we, we can make a decision. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not opposed to getting upgrading really um i i you know i i feel like right now i play my playstation probably the most out of all of the three consoles mm -hmm. um so yeah i'm you know i'm like i'm kind of in on it so yeah 
Yeah, same. I think I will probably just go for the highest tier just to not remove the questions of it. And then also, like, I can always use the excuse of, oh, well, I'm informing the audience, even though I'm like, <laughs> I just was probably going to do this anyway. I need um, this. At least for the, yeah, I need this. I need it for work. For um, your job, I, yeah. Yeah, this is a work expense. Um, and anything is work expense if you think about it enough. Um, anyway, but yeah, I think I'll just do that just to kind of see, like, what is that first year like? And I have a lot of fun exactly. being an early adopter, even though early adopters always get burned but like i enjoy that burn i'm like i'm part of the community you know we're here we're hanging yeah. out we're figuring it out exactly. um, for most stuff not everything but uh speaking of retro games though i do want to do uh our last story which is a bit of a psa this is a uh, last day of wii u and 3ds funds coming from victoria kennedy at Eurogamer, uh, and i've seen this a couple uh different places kind of shouting this out and being like i tested it don't worry it still works just today um so a short psa for those who still use their 3ds and wii u family of systems today is the last day that you can use a credit card to add funds to the account so again this is like a slow roll whole clarification so on nintendo's customer support page regarding the upcoming closure of the wii u and 3ds eShops to new purchases it states as of may 23rd today it will no longer be possible to use a credit card to add funds uh, to those accounts uh, and they also sh mentioned that like like, hey, we checked this at the time of writing. It's good. I also Googled a few other places that were like, we just did it. It's so good. So definitely try uh, and do that if you're interested in doing it. Uh, and then I also want to mention uh, the article closes out saying, meanwhile, from August 29th, users will no longer be able to use Nintendo eShop cards to add funds. So it's, again, it's a slow roll where like today is the last day to like put your credit card in and like add money. After that, you can still use the cards, but then after that, you know, and it keeps continuing. Um, and then they put after this time, that August 29th date, however, you'll still be able to redeem download codes. This is possible up until late March, 2023. And then after that, I guess we say our final goodbyes. So as we start to, the sun starts to set on the 3DS and the Wii U, um, obviously this is this first or like mostly impacts digital because technically, you know, you can still put in these like old cartridges and things um, or discs, I guess, for the, the Wii U's case. Um, but, you know, digital is obviously really big. So obviously, like, again, like the stuff like Pocket Jockey or like Box Boy, if you're like really want those games, those are probably the first ones you want to prioritize. Um, but I want to take this time too just to talk about what some of our favorite games are from those uh, family of consoles. Oh, you just named two of my favorite ones. Pocket Jockey is a low-key underrated game. Um, I says I haven't played it yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna download what? it. I have, I, yeah, I know. It's like so. It was like in that. I remember listening to NBC and they were like so heavy in a Pocket Jockey. But don't oh. worry, I have. I didn't have time before the show, but I brought out the 3DS. I charged it. Um, also, shout oh out to how gosh. fast this charged and turned on because like no shade but my Shocking. ps vita i tried turning it back on and it's like a several hour process but yeah <laughs> pocket jockey tell me about pocket jockey oh my gosh game free game which is weird and cool at the same time but um yeah it is the weirdest game for me to describe to you it is like a card game with horse races very cute the horses are cute but weirdly their heads addictive. are giant their heads are huge they're very cartoony um you can like up their stats by getting these different cards and I, I mean I'm doing a terrible job selling this game to you my, my just just try it you'll love it it's really really fun it was very surprising that like this game captured collectively captured our hearts but um yeah, it, yeah like, I, I really feel jockey. like you know it's funny because like I know some people this is probably the first time hearing about pocket jockey but yeah like I the only thing I know about pocket jockey is that everyone's like you got to play pocket jockey it's actually really yeah. good it's a, it's a fun like kind of deeper cut um and it's definitely one of the more I think 
interesting games at least caught my eye looking through people's like i did the quick classic google of 3ds games digital only and you know it's kind of a a weird hodgepodge of things you know the, the mm -hmm. idea of the best digital only ones like i saw someone shout out like um a picross version of like twilight princess or something is on there right. i don't know yeah you know um so yeah i think oh yeah rhythm heaven uh in the chat being shot as, as digital only because i think it got mm -hmm. a physical release but not in the u.s so that's kind of that that's right that line that's so yeah definitely too. put put in the chat what your favorite um digital games are especially yeah phoenix Wright. um some of those games get shot out too oftentimes for digital um i was definitely not very digital during the era of the 3ds or the wii u so i i do want to mm -hmm. hit up those games um but other stuff that i love from that era um gosh there's again a lot of these are physical so you can or all of them are physical because I have them physically. Um, I, you know, of course, loved Brain Age still. I feel like I have only gotten dumber in the post Brain Age era and there's nothing that's revitalized <laughs> my mind since then. And but I love the 3DS genuinely and I had a lot of fun. Um, I would definitely encourage you guys to go out there and like hit up a retro game store if you have access to one and just see what you can find. Because like I got a bunch of games that I've actually never played for my 3DS from a friend that I want to check out. Um, games like uh, Devil Survivor, um, Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors, uh, nine, Electroplankton. Nine, nine. Yeah, Nine and Nine. Tryon Cube, I think, is currently in the console right now because I was like, I'll play this, and then I just still hadn't. But for stuff that I had hit up, um, you know, Marluigi's Bowser's Inside Story. Um, oh, I really love Pokemon Sun and Moon, I think, was one of, it's still one of the best Pokemon games, yeah, I think. for sure. Top, also, top you, three. Also, you dance with the Pokemon in that game. I feel How like we can't say no to that, right? We can't understate that. Um, but yeah, what about Fire you? What Emblem. are some other Fire Emblem? Yep. Fire Emblem Awakening is a great game. Um, what else is there? There's uh, Professor Layton, which was one of my favorite series. Um, some of those games are on Switch, I think. Uh, or some of the Professor Layton mm -hmm. games are on Switch. But the original DS and 3DS ones are really good. Um, I was just thinking about Elite Beat Agents over the weekend, and I'm like, where, how, where's the sequel to that game? Like, when do we get to see that again? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a ton of, of really good um, 3DS, DS games. Yeah, it's, it's a little sad to see it sort of really coming to an end, and uh, yeah, empty your bank accounts, I guess, onto your credit card so you can get all the games you want before today. Um, do you think there's a chance that we'll see like th 3ds games on the switch or like a 3ds section in nso or do you think it's that's too modern like what do you what are your speculations on that i wonder if they would but i also wonder how they would do it with the dual screen and yeah. if that's hard you know if you'd to... have to turn the switch sideways and use one of those third party oh, gosh. That, I, do, I do have that configuration for, right um, yes Th like that yeah. that company would clean up if they ever did the sideways i know games. Oh my gosh, that's a that's a feat though. That's not not like a straight ported over kind of situation. You would have to like change the layout of the game. So I wonder if that is just too too much. Um, to what degree does yeah. that like? Do you feel like that's a hindrance or does that irk you for Nintendo? Because I have that like internal debate all the time. Where part of me really loves how every almost every like Nintendo generation, it's so distinctive that like there's almost you can't really cross them over. But then it becomes such a con when like you want to play anything anywhere else because it just feels like those games so closely live on those devices or with those controls yeah it's hard because i i think about that all the time too i'm like how come this game isn't on switch or how come they can't port this over on switch and it's 
sometimes it feels like a totally missed opportunity, especially like when you think about the Wii U era and how like, you know, there's so many great games on that, on that system that no one played because no one bought a Wii U. So it's like, what a missed opportunity not to have that come on Switch. And obviously some of them have already, but um, yeah, it, it's tough when it's, I feel like it's tough from a business perspective when it's not a straight, like easy port, um, then does it like make sense to, Dip oh my gosh! Dollar. Yes, this game. Pair it with the B roll. Wind Waker HD. Like you knew it. Please, read my mind. For the love of God, please. please. Yes. Let's okay, collectively here's my thing. Send out the I don't want right to go now. to Blessing's house to pick up the kind of funny Wii U just to replay this game. Please, for <laughs> I, the love of God, just port it to Switch. Here's please. what I'm scared of, though, with the idea of that port. I am horrified that they will port that game over, but it won't be the HD version. It'll be the GameCube version. No. Where they'll, like, you still got to get it. Because isn't that what Nintendo would do, though? Like, I know I'm, I feel bad saying that, mm. but, like, and then here's... <laughs> but, like, isn't that what they would do? I just feel like they... they weird, hurt yeah. me a lot, and I just... Don't know why. Um, yeah, no, that is absolutely the gem on. And again, obviously these you can't do these physically, so like you know, still go out and get those. But yeah, like yeah, yeah. this is the shining star that is left in the dust for some reason for so I think the Wii U's library because um, they've gotten a lot of the other big hits here. Like I brought out my collection, and a lot of these games are either represented or like they have sequels, so it kind of doesn't really make mm -hmm. sense. Um, yeah, I'd love to see. Um, even though this was got a port to 3DS. Um, Yoshi's Crafted World or Yoshi's oh, Willy World because Crafted Yoshi's is on. Yoshi's World is great. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm playing through that still. Um, like that's actually why I had my Wii U so handy for today. It wasn't just that I have it there all the time. Like, I replugged it in to play Wooly World. It's so good. It's like one of the best Yoshi games. And like many games on the Wii U, I feel like it doesn't get as talked about because the Wii U was not incredibly popular. So yeah. Oh my God. Wind Waker, just the cloud version. <laughs> Why are y'all putting this into the world? <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, we but need it. We need it for sure. The idea of the 3DS and the Wii U getting a new life on the Switch is so far away. If I want to know what's coming to mom and grab shops today, where would I look? Uh, you will go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Uh, out today on Steam, we have Godspeed Defender. Yeah, I forgot to add. I know. I know. I always. It's like ever, I have such good runs on here. I know. I know. Can we get some damage ants in the chat, please? Thank you. Um, <laughs> this is like something where I know what you're thinking. How is it that you like learn this and then periodically I forget it? Here's the thing. When I usually make this doc, I add in, like, don't do that. But then sometimes I forget to add it in because, this, like, this is a shared, you know, inside baseball. This is like a, a blank doc template that, like, I copy over and I, like, make it the way I make it. So, yeah, um, I appreciate the the dammits, the the emotes. But out today is God Defender on Steam in 1001 Jigsaw Home Sweet Home 2 on Steam. We were absolutely dying without Zach Zawizen's roundup. I don't know how he was getting those, but we're going to get together. Uh, new dates. I do want to shout out that... Um, I think the pronunciation is, is it Chia? Uh, delayed to 2023. Uh, that's that open world sandbox inspired game um, inspired by uh, New Caledonia. It kind of has like a very like exploratory and sort of whimsical look to it. Um, I believe this is popped up in a couple of showcases. Uh, but yeah, delayed until 2023. But this is definitely one that I have on my you know, list that I'm looking forward to. And it has, you know, the climbing. Definitely, I think some people making the the kind of Breath of the Wild-esque comparisons with, like, some of the, I guess, 
elements uh, that you kind of see in here, but it seems like a really cool one. So we'll have to wait a little bit longer on that title. Uh, rounding out, uh, jump into your wrongs real fast. Don't really have to, you know, some shout outs on like extra things that are popping up with trophies, which yeah, keep an eye out on those uh, rumors and, and PSN things. Um, but I think we're actually pretty good. Um, yeah, one professor late in game on Switch, but it doesn't feature the professor. It's late in this mystery cherry. Thank you, Nano, That's for the right. deep, the deep yes. professor latent cuts. Um, but yeah, that's basically it other than, you know, shout outs or like extra rumors and things for us to dig into, which uh, we'll have plenty of other times and shows to unpack all of that because tomorrow's hosts are uh, Tam and Gary Witta. So stay tuned for that on a Tuesday. Uh, Barrett, do you know what's happening after this on the stream? After this is one Snowbike Mike hanging out with one Kevin Coelho on the calendar. And again, you know, this could change in two minutes. They have Valheim or Portal 2, which two very, very different, different vibes. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll see what they uh, stick with. Maybe they'll just uh, fall out, uh, fall back on some Fortnite because I know those two love Fortnite as well. But it's going to be either way a fun time with uh, Kevin and Mike. I know uh, for those of you anticipating KFW, don't worry. There will be another KFW this week, uh, just not today. Thanks. Uh, and you can catch that stream later uh, if you subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Um, for now, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, where each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those who are subbed to the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.